Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the June 2023 episode of We Podcast, and we know things where we recap the month's nerdy news in under two hours. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matora. It has two discs. Uh, I am interested, and I'm assuming you're talking about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I am interested in how many times Zencaster cuts us off tonight. I'm interested. Uh, my guess is three. I'm going to be doing. We're going to be doing this in three parts. That's my guess. I hope it's none, but I'm a little I more positive too. than you are. Yeah, I hope it only cuts us off zero times as opposed to two and three like it has the last few months. But we'll kick right into gear here with the podcast. We have an enormous show for you. I had teased it on social media. Arguably our biggest show in years. Uh, yes, years because. Um, we didn't have E3, but it sure as hell feels like it. Uh, we got a massive, massive, massive amount of gaming news and then some massive movie impressions as well. We're going to start with our What You've Been Up To segment, one of our favorites every month. We talk about what we've been up to the last month. But from there, hot off the presses just hours ago, there was a massive, I, I'm saying that word a lot tonight, Nintendo Direct. Um, if you're a Mario fan, you're eating good in the neighborhood. Uh, and then from there, um, we're going to be going over that whole thing. We got the Xbox game showcase. We got the summer game fest showcase, Ubisoft forward, not really anything with the Capcom showcase. They didn't really do anything there, but we have all of that covered. Um, we have some news about naughty dogs, some news about game pass, Sonic, the hedgehog, all of that covered in the game space. So over an hour, probably of content, or at least around an hour. Sam's going to then go for movies, and I'm very excited to hear his impressions on The Flash. He has seen it. Ezra Miller, Andy Muschiati, which we'll talk about him again in a little bit. Uh, and we have his impressions of that. We also have his impressions of Spider-Man across the uh, Spider-Verse. And we got to talk about that Craven the Hunter trailer that dropped in the last hmm. two days or so. Did you watch that one? I did. Yeah. Did you watch the red band or the green band? I, I think I watched both of them. But, but yeah, I mean, I watched, it, there, there's some good and bad, and then there's some absolute shit. So, yeah, I, sure I watched specifically the, the red band. I did not watch the green band. I don't know about that PG-13 audience. I'm here for the R stuff. And so uh, we'll talk about the Craven trailer. The Brave and the Bold lands its director, and Netflix had its tudum event where a ton of movies and TV stuff came out. But on top of that, we both saw Secret Invasion. It's out now. Kind of, we saw it. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about a clip from Twisted Metal coming out in just a month from from now. Uh, Stranger Things 5, One Piece, Avatar, a uh, whole bunch of stuff coming out in TV. So we got that. Um, if we have time, we'll kind of go through our Blink-182 show experience. Sam and I saw Blink in Hershey a couple weeks ago. What a uh, eventful evening it was we'll say and then we'll say goodbye to a pretty prominent figure in comic books so uh with that being said sam what you been up to i don't know if i said last time did i say i saw legion of superheroes the dc animated no. movie i can't remember you did not you did not yeah it, it's it's probably one of their worst ones in years i mean years usually the dc animated movies i you know i always sing from the rooftops how great they are but this one they just missed the mark I think it was a little bit with the animation, the little bit blah storyline of Supergirl and Brainiac 5. I, I Nothing was 
there was like no surprise. Everything was predictable, and I just thought it was stupid. I thought this was one of their weaker links. I wonder if this was had something to do with James Gunn. Was this prior to James Gunn? That I have no idea, but I, I'd give this one like a 6 out of 10. Leech and Superheroes, wait till it's free. Don't buy it on Blu-ray like I did. So skip that one. Um, next one, I, I finished Hunter Hunter. I watched all 148 episodes. I didn't see the two movies yet, but I know the two movies do take place somewhere like mid-season, so it's not like it takes care like after the finale. But overall, I thought it was a good anime. I thought it fell short at the end. It just missed me. Like, I thought that the buildup was great. They were building, 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 and it just, I don't know. I, I just thought the ending fell a little bit flat. The big villain, I mean, they, I feel like they stole directly from Dragon Ball Z cell i mean almost looks like them sounds like the whole bit um but besides that and gone and him at the end where his powers it it, it would just it i was just a little confused by it is all but in the end i thought it was okay um i, I wouldn't consider it the best you know jake fine considers it i you know one of the best animes ever made i believe he said i i wouldn't go that far but i i could say it was enjoyable it's on netflix so if you have netflix it's definitely worth the watch. Maybe you'll like it more than me. Please let me know what you think. But I, I highly recommend you watch Hunter Hunter. That was pretty good. So, so you you over Hunter Hunter? Oh, th- a thousand percent. Do- it doesn't even touch you you. Ex- ex- especially they're from the Turner. same creator. For those who didn't know, that's why I ask. Uh, same creator. So yeah, I, I was. I'm happy to hear that you you still stands atop the mountain. Yeah, I, I would say I wholeheartedly enjoyed the finale of you way more than I did of Hunter Hunter. Hunter Hunter, if anything, I had like, yeah, I mean, even you, you, I wanted more, but like, I was still like, I, I felt like all the answers weren't scratched for me for Hunter Hunter. I kind of wanted, I feel like a little bit more needed to be fleshed out. Um, next up on the list, um, we watched McGregor Forever, the Conor McGregor little documentary on Netflix, little four part series. I know Conor's not for everybody, but I don't know. I always thought this guy cracked me up, especially that he was, who the fuck is that guy? Or the guy talking behind him, that guy, it always cracks me up. And it, it was, you know, just to see like where he started, to his upbringing and, and, and the battles he was, all him talking shit and all his injuries and the naysayers and injuries and where he is now. And I, I thought it was done very well. I mean, it, it's four episodes. I think it was like a little over three hours, maybe three hours, 10, 15 minutes, something like that. I mean, if you like UFC, UFC I, I'm sure you already watched it already, but. Whether you're a fan of McGregor or not, I'm, I still think it was at least worth the watch. So I was McGregor Forever. That was on Netflix. I also saw the Machine movie with Burt Kreischer, Mark Hamill, and you know it's, that was based off his, his the Machine story that went viral on Facebook and blah blah blah. And I, I thought the movie was okay. I laughed. Um, I, I actually also saw the uh, about my father. Was it about my father with Sebastian Maniscalco? You saw Sebastian. I, I, I thought that was okay as well. It had its moments. It had some other moments where I was just wacky. But, you know, being an Italian, like kind of hearing some of the lingo that I haven't heard in, you know, actually a lot of years, it, I, I cracked up. So, you know, the, the De Niro, um, Sebastian was pretty good. I mean, it, it was funny. Like them two paired up to like the Mark Hamill, Burt Kreischer, I, I kind of thought was pretty good. I didn't expect uh, the machine to like look as good as it did. Like they shot in Russia. Like, so it was like, I just wasn't expecting it to be this good. I just kind of thought it was going to be this like this C minus movie. And like, no, like they, they put money into this movie. It was actually surprisingly like it was decent. But again, you know, if you don't like Burt Kreischer, it, it's not going to be for you. Just like Sebastian. If Sebastian's not for you, that movie's not going to be for you. 
but I, I thought both movies shined and highlighted both of their comedies and and a little bit of acting chops that you didn't know that either could kind of act a little bit. But I thought it was pretty good. Give him a chance if you want to see The Machine or I think it's about my father was the uh, Sebastian one. Um, next up, uh, I saw Extraction 2. Um, that another I was one hoping t- you'd have this. I, I figured you did. I was hoping you'd have this on the list since we have some Extraction news in the movie section. Yeah. Um, it's, it's right at the top of our list. Probably the next movie we'll watch. Yeah, and honestly, dude, Extraction 2, it, it delivered. I, I think I still like the first one a little bit more, but they had a 20-minute one-shot scene that was so impressive. I mean, you know, we, we speak highly about the Daredevil hallway fight scene on the Daredevil show. This whole jail scene, that shot, that was absolutely impressive. I think they said they, they prepared for it for like five months. Uh, Chris Hemsworth's arm was literally on fire. Like it wasn't special. It was literally on fire, like for more than five seconds, still going, still one take. I, I That blew me away. I, I'm not even going to lie. The fight scenes, they definitely brought it in extraction too. Um, I, I, I got to give kudos, man. You know, I, I didn't think we were going to get another one because of, you know, Chris Hemsworth kind of stated, you know, uh, I think it was the last year that he might take a step back from acting. He had some, some like uh, gene that that's like, um, like Alzheimer's related, something like that. So I thought he was going to take a step back. But, it, and, you know, it's good to hear that he was going for three because I just saw uh, on Netflix trending. Literally, Extraction 1 and 2 was trending on Netflix 1 and 2. Like, that's pretty damn impressive. So I'm sure Netflix threw all the money at, at Sam Hargrave, the director who did 1 and 2, who's going to be coming back for for the third one. And I, I just got to give kudos to, to Chris Hemsworth, man. Like, he really redeemed himself from the last Thor movie. The comeback strong in extraction too. I kudos. I highly recommend check that out on Netflix. How about you, Greg? What you been up to? Uh, yeah, that's great to hear uh, about extraction too. I, I looking at the reviews, I hear good things. I hear it holds up. Maybe it doesn't have the cachet as the as you know of the original, but it's great to hear that uh, it doesn't. It's not a dud. So definitely right at the top of our list as we really enjoyed the first extraction. Um, my list, pretty simple, mostly television and then one game. Um, I, I will continue to gush about this show. I have it's a documentary series. I have forever since I first started watching it five years ago, maybe even longer. I don't even remember at this point. Um, it's just started its fourth season. Uh, I don't watch wrestling anymore live, but I do love the business and I love the back kind of the, the true, the real shoot stories behind the business. So to get dark side of the ring back um, is a fantastic documentary series where they tell you literally the dark side of the wrestling business. And season four has delivered in a big way. Um, I've watched all four episodes. I love three of them. The other one I didn't care for. But the first episode with Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch, who you may know as Sonny, one of the first WWE divas back in the early 90s, their real-life relationship and how it fell apart. Magnum TA, I did not know anything about him, um, so it was great to see. He was like the going to be the next Hulk Hogan until he had a tragic car accident and became a paraplegic, um, but does walk now. Um, I didn't care for the Grand Brothers one, but then last night, uh, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time was um, shadowed, and it was what happened to Doink the Clown. Um, and the original, really, was it's Matt Osborne, 
the original Doink. There were three or four different Doinks, but this story tells the original Doink the Clown, Matt Osborne, and his story about how the WWE basically fired him twice or three times um, due to addiction issues and brought in a new Doink the Clown. And, you know, no, no Doink was the same as the original. So if you like wrestling and like kind of that other side of the business, the shoot side of the business, not the work side, this is for you. Um, <laughs> this is this is tickling my fancy in the in the biggest way. I'm so happy to say this. After two years, two years of trying to convince her, I finally won. We ran out of things to watch, waiting for the bear, and I finally said, "Honey, I'm gonna put on for all mankind." And she Damn. tried it before. She tried it before. She watched the first episode, but she was pregnant. Um, and if and if anybody knows the pregnancies that we went through, they were both very difficult, very high risk. And I don't I just don't think she was in the right mindset the first time we tried and we watched it again. And she said, I don't know why I didn't like this. And it was at that moment that I said, she's thank in. God <laughs> we're we're already we're already two thirds of the way through season two. Um, and Jeez. it's my fourth or fifth rewatch. It's her first time through and we're loving it. We're at a point where there's a major uh, bump in the story coming. If anybody's seen that show, it's highly been highly recommended for years on this podcast, at least uh, where some crazy stuff's about to go down. And then season three is just a mind F. So, so excited for her. So we're rewatching for all mankind in anticipation of season four, which should be coming this year. Um, I, f- I binge through in a day, all of season three of Dave. I, I thought two was up and down. The ups were high. The downs were down. But season three of Dave might be my favorite season. I think one is is truly great television and it's hard to top. So, I mean, at the end of the day, who really cares if three is better than one? Because it's at least up there. It's so good that it really redeemed Dave as a as a show for me after a really up and down season two. So love Dave season three. Also, Lil Dicky is dropping a Dave soundtrack record this summer. Um, So all of the great songs that he performs in the show where you only hear 20 or 30 seconds we're going to be getting full two to three to four minute songs of those on a record this summer it immediately shot right to the top of my list of most anticipated records uh for the rest of the year right up there with bearings and the front bottoms and this wildlife so i'm super psyched it's funny because little dickie's in there with the front bottom (laughs) it's an eclectic mix of music that i enjoy yeah. yeah we finished barry season four um, it is the final season. I think last month I talked about succession and that fi- that's over too. Um, I called the ending of that a mile away, but Barry did not call the ending of that one. Um, this season did a better job than three. Uh, we did actively dislike three. This season brought us back a little bit and it was entertaining enough to watch. I think it was only eight episodes. There are 25 to 30 minutes, super bingeable, super easy to, to take. And it's not like you have to pay super close attention and the ending might shock you. So uh, definitely enjoyed Barry season four. Um, and then I have rolled credits on tears of the kingdom. Um, slightly over 110 hours. Jesus. Um, I did a lot of stuff. Now there's 150 shrines and I only did like 96. So there's like 60 shrines still out in this world that I have not beaten. Um, I did beat all four dungeons. I did a lot of the underground. I did a ton of the sky islands. I did a lot of the hidden content. Um, I really made sure I was ready for Ganon because I heard that not only is tears of the kingdom a lot harder, but it's a lot 
better from a story structure than Breath of the Wild, and it has a much harder final boss fight because the final boss fight in Breath of the Wild was kind of a pushover, and this tested my metal. I had 25 hearts, I think, something crazy, so I'm very happy, 21 maybe. I'm very, very happy to to say that I beat it first try, didn't die, but it it was difficult. Um, so I'm very excited about my 110 hours in Tears of the Kingdom. Not only I said it to you and I'll say the exact same thing when hour 110 is as good and as gripping as hour one and you don't want to stop playing, but you know you have to. It's the mark of a great game. Um, it was as close to a perfect game as I have played since Metroid Dread, but it blows that game out of the water. It it has immediately shot into my top five games of all time past breath of the wild past a lot of things. I mean, this game, it sucks because I'll never get that feeling again. I, I, I was hoping to get it from breath of the wild. I did. And I said, Oh, I'll never get that breath of the wild feeling again. And then I kind of got that with tears of the kingdom. And then it made me feel all these other things. And I said, shit, if, if I could erase my memory, like men in black style, and go back and experience a game for the first time again. It's probably Tears of the Kingdom. Um, just a fantastic experience all the way through. Cannot recommend it enough. It's my game of the year. It's going to be my game of the year. Nothing's going to top it. Nothing has a chance. The greatest year in gaming history, potentially. And this is in June already going to be my game of the year, just like Legends Arceus last year. So uh, that's that. My final thing that I want to talk about, I want you involved in the conversation as well, is Yellow Jacket Season 2 ended. We have not gotten a bonus episode yet, much like a lot of people have stated we would and kind of like doing some sleuthing online. Nine episodes. It's done. I have my thoughts, but I want yours real quick. What did you think of overall Season 2 of Yellow Jackets? Overall, I, I just thought it was okay. I, I thought the ending... It did. I don't know. I, I think I expected more. I think you might have hyped me up a little bit too much. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of in the same boat where I, I don't. It, I, it was build. I was loving the season, loving it, loving it, and then I'm just like, it just kind of like, it evened out. So I was just like, all right, the ending. I, I, I wasn't expecting said character to die, but I guess so. I mean, someone had to go. Something literally had to happen. I, I felt like all this build up, and we only got like that one little death. And I was like, "That's it." I don't know. I I, I just expected more from the show at the end, so it, it fell a little flat for me at the end, especially the finale. Yeah, so I actually agree. Um, I thought the season was the build up was great. Like I, we were talking, like, "Oh my god, like, yeah, they had one or two misses." Yeah. And then it was like, "Bang, bang, bang, but, bang." Then it was just see, like cool. That was the problem with season one is it had so much promise and it failed to deliver. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, the season one finale wasn't great. Um, we recorded with Mike Cassini and I actually just listened to that, our top three for the year in 2021. And I said, and I quote, if Yellow Jackets season finale is not a two out of 10, it'll be my favorite show of the year. And it ended up being my favorite show of the year, but that I was gushing about it before the finale. Similar to you, I was hyping up episode eight, yeah. but I didn't talk to you really since the finale. And I kind of think the finale fell a little flat. I think it was yeah. just okay. And I think the adult storyline was pretty objectively terrible. Yep. Um, pretty Agreed. objectively terrible. There was a lot of things that just made zero sense. A lot of things where I'm like, uh, uh, I I'm going to spoil 
something, but it's going to be so out of context that it won't matter to you if you haven't seen it yet. There's a scene where an, a police officer is about to hear something in the trunk of a car. Yep, yep, yep. And, I, weird, and, I was taking the same scene. And goes to check it, but he knows exactly what or who is in there. And there is no police officer on this planet in real life that would not stop and call for backup and or not open that trunk like without other officers there. There's just a 0% chance that there's an officer that stupid yet. He was stupid. And then it conveniently set up everything to go exactly the way the adult timeline needed to go. And it was just super convenient and super like, what the frick? I I didn't like when in the adults where you had um, uh, Frodo's character. Yeah. Yeah. then he just I loved him by no, the no, way. No, he was a no, great character. Love his character, but I was loving it. Then when he disappeared, the adult storyline sucked. And then he Yeah, came for back, a few episodes there when he then, goes away. And then he came back to when you just basically said, and I was like, uh, uh what? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would agree. They had something and they, they they messed it up. They rushed through it, and like that's where they needed ten. To have nine was a, a huge miss. Um, because you had to wrap up this entire adult storyline. Also, you could have just gone quicker with it. They really drug that out across the whole season. They really could have made like the finale, the conclusion that they drew in episode eight or nine for the adults. They could have done an eight and then made nine all about the kids, um, the 96 timeline. And I think maybe that would have had a little bit more effect because I liked how it ended that final shot. I mean, it's like, oh, my God, where are they going to (laughs) go? They Um, fucked. Yeah, so how's that all going to work out? But I really thought the adult storyline drug it down so much to whereas this show, as it stands right now, is not in my top three and doesn't have a chance because the three above it are already finished. Yeah, it's not um, even close. Nowhere so near it's, top three. It's right now. I think I have it somewhere in my top six, somewhere in there. But you know me. I watch 30 different shows a year, and there's so many more I'm looking forward to. So I, I am disappointed. Um, in in the adult timeline and and Yellow Jacket season two as a whole, I liked it and I thought it was going to be a lot better than it was. I thought it just didn't deliver, so I'm a little bit disappointed. Um, but that is my thoughts, our thoughts on Yellow Jacket season two. That is what we've been up to, and now I am ready to dive into what I believe was one of the best Nintendo directs of all time. And we'll jump right into gaming, and this is where Greg will get the gush. We'll start with the big one. Let's talk about the Nintendo Direct. Yeah, from today, it is June 21st as we record it. The Direct was June 21st. So um, I'll just real quick go through my predictions and then what I got right and wrong, and we'll go through the Direct. I'm going to fly through because we have so much to talk about. So like the little dumb shit, I'm not really going to spend too much time on at all, but I will stop and gush at like four or five different points. Uh, So I I thought we were going to get a new 2D Mario. I thought we were going to get Tears of the Kingdom DLC. An F-Zero GameCube remaster, um, F-Zero GX to be more specific, Super Mario RPG remake, Mario Kart Wave 5, a new Mario baseball, but only if there was no 2D Mario, Pikmin 4 trailer, but that was obvious because Nintendo literally said we were going to get Pikmin 4 when they announced the Direct, no Metroid Prime 4, no Everybody's 1-2 Switch, no new hardware, finally an idea of when 1080 snowboarding and some other N64 games were going to come. Crash Team Rumble, which is out now, coming to Switch. Persona 5 Tactica coming to Switch. Kid Icarus finally getting a Switch game. And then my two always pie-in-the-sky hopes are Mother 3 and a new Punch-Out game, which 
I don't actually predict or expect, but they are always going to be at least around in the area. So got new 2D Mario correct, got RPG. Well, you know what? Let's let's save that. But those were the predictions. Um, and I think the ones that I got wrong still have possibility in a September direct. But they opened up with Pokemon, which is crazy because in August we usually get a Pokemon Presents which that's where I thought we'd see more of the DLC. That's where I thought we'd see another game. We got a little bit later. And for a DLC that I'm going to buy and I'll play and I'll enjoy, this trailer did nothing at all to excite or hype. I mean, this is like exactly if you would have told me, hey, Greg, we're getting a Pokemon trailer. This is exactly what I would have guessed we were going to get. Super vague, uh, looks pretty bad. But some cool little Pokemon that are going to become available. Hey, I get to shiny hunt this one. I get to shiny hunt that one. Snorlax, cool. Uh, Seal and Dugong are coming back. Hell yeah. Two of my most underrated Gen 1 Pokemon. So, like, I'm excited to shiny hunt these new ones that I didn't yet. But overall, I'm sure I'll play them. I'll sure I like them. But I felt like this was a little out of place in this Nintendo Direct. And I, I really, this DLC is is not something I'm, like, dying for. I felt like they uh, had to talk got, about right. like something of Pokemon just because of all the new cards announcements, the 151 coming in September. Like I feel like they just had to throw some kind of Pokemon here just because the Pokemon fandom. So just to get it done first and get it out of the way, like that makes kind of, that makes sense. It just sucks that you open your big direct with DLC as opposed to a True. new game True. announcement or something. Like I really thought that pacing choice was a little odd. Um, particularly because Pokemon Presents usually happen in August. So they could have held this for two months and just done a big presentation there. But at the same time, who am I to complain? Pokemon's my favorite all-time franchise. So it's like, you know, I I liked it. It just didn't do anything to get me hyped. And that's the exact same way I felt when Scarlet and Violet was coming out. All of those trailers, I talk about it on this pod. Go back and listen. All the trailers that dropped, I literally was saying, these look meh. They're okay. I'm going to play it and enjoy it, but my hype is not there. And this is the exact same thing. Maybe I just don't like the art style because it's not great. The Pokemon look fantastic. I don't love the art style that they chose. I actually kind of like Sword and Shield better, but uh, I digress. Let's go is the goat. Uh, Then we got Sonic Superstars coming to Switch. That was actually announced at Summer Game Fest, but we got a bigger look at it here. 12 new zones, four-player local co-op for the first time ever. Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Amy, Fall 2023. It looks stunning. The team from Balan Wonderworld, which is not great, and also Sonic Team are behind this one. And I got to tell you, it's 60 bucks, so I won't get it at launch. But as soon as this game's like $39.99 on sale, I'm all in on this. It looked beautiful. It reminded me of old Sonic. I mean, four people. Yeah. I don't think you. I don't think you ever could play four people nope. co-op, right? This is the first time yeah. ever four-player local co-op. I mean, about times. So, like Sonic needed something new. Yeah, they had the open world, but this is the roots, and you had to add something. So I think it's a nice touch. Yeah, this is like the opposite of Frontiers. Like Frontiers is that yeah. big open area kind of Legends Arceus style zone game, and then this was your classic back to the roots, but found this beautiful art style. Like I think it is stunningly gorgeous. Um, I think I'm going to go for PlayStation on this one um, as opposed to switch. Uh, I, there's a huge PlayStation sale going on right now. And I bought, I rebought Mega Man 11 cause it was $9 and I bought resident evil Two remake today. And I played Mega Man 11 for a minute. And I was like, I, th- I've only owned it on switch. So I was like, Oh my God, 
Like it looks incredible and it's got achievements and this, that, and the other. So I was like, good purchase, great purchase, made a dumb purchase. I bought a DLC pack for a game I don't own thinking I bought the game. So that was $10 down the drain, but uh, that's neither here nor there. And then, <clears throat> excuse me. And then uh, excited to see what Sonic can look like on the big screen with, with the PS5. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the PS5 version, but really excited about Sonic Superstars. Then we got Palia, which is a free-to-play adventure sim coming this holiday. Then we got Persona 5 Tactica, which was previously announced. That is coming to Switch November 17th. That's a prediction, correct? Myth Force. Um, won't spend too much time, but this did intrigue me. I won't play it. Not my game, but I like the way it looked. It's a first-person roguelike based on the Saturday morning cartoons of the 80s and 90s from Aspire coming this year. I just thought that this was a new cool concept and they did nail the look of that Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, I mean, like you said, looks neat, but for me, it's definitely not my style. Splatoon 3 announced their new Splatfest and they made this like, we got this big Splatoon announcement and then it was an ice cream Splatfest, like didn't need to be here. Stupid, pointless. (laughs) Next, we went back to Pokemon, which is a weird stylistic pacing choice, but they did. And I'm like, wait, there's Lickitung. Okay, there's Magikarp. What's going on? And then I heard the guy talk and he said, Rhyme City. And I said, oh, my God, finally, five years after they said it was in development, we're seeing Detective Pikachu. Uh, It is Detective Pikachu Returns coming October 6th. And boy, does this game look like shit. It does absolutely nothing for me. Literally less than nothing. I loved it. It's cool. He's a coffee drinking. I mean, you saw the movie. I'll He's just a go watch the movie. Pikachu I'm good. That talks. You solve mysteries. Um, so I like the concept. And it's only 50 bucks, but it looked so rough. It looked flat. Like nothing looked three-dimensional. It just everything looked flat. There were like no shadows anywhere. I saw in the background, as I do for all trailers with Pokemon, I always look to see that frame rate in the background. And it just stuttered and chugged even for this freaking game. And I was like, I, I cannot continue to support these horribly performing Pokemon games to an extent. Like there's got to be a, a cutoff for me. And so Detective Pikachu 2 might be it. Even at $50 it looked so bad and so rough. I think it's probably going to get forgotten really quick. So it'll be discounted really quick. So I'll pick it up again when it gets that discount down to like $29.99 <laughs> and, and I'll pick it up. But Detective Pikachu 2, I'm, I'm kind of out on that. And then, then we got the big stuff. Then we got the first big announcement of the Direct Super Mario RPG. It's called The Legend of the Seven Stars, but they took that n- name out. Maybe they're adding a new star, some new content. Who knows? We'll see. But we are getting a remake from the ground up of one of the greatest Super Nintendo, greatest RPGs of all time, greatest Super Nintendo games of all time, and Mario's first ever RPG from the Super Nintendo. It's actually developed by Square Enix, not even Nintendo. Um, So this was like the collaborations collaboration and uh, to see it remade from the ground up in a gorgeous 3d art style was just everything I could have hoped for. I already pre-ordered it from Amazon. It'll be here November 17th. It cannot get here fast enough. The same day as persona five tactica. So sorry, persona Uh, people are going to forget about you because we're going to be playing super Mario RPG. Gino is back after 25 years. Yeah, I'm in the minority where the game does nothing for me. You didn't have a Super I, Nintendo growing up. 
I, I did. It just I never played. This wasn't my game. I never played it. Okay. So I yeah, had no play. everyone who was freaking out. I was like, oh, this is oh, okay, cool. Like I'm I'm happy <laughs> for you guys. It just it just didn't yeah. hit for me. Yes, it's a uh, turn-based RPG, so it's very traditional Japanese role-playing game, but obviously starring Mario and Bowser's on your team and Peach and Mallow and Gino. It's awesome, and it's a turn-based RPG that you can beat in less than 20 hours, which is so nice. Oh, I, I was just – when I heard that, I was like, great. Like, I can I can finally kind of digest it. It's going to be great. So cannot – wait for this one when i'm watching it, it's like i would just rather play final fantasy yeah see that's the thing like you like that the that cast of characters where i like the mario crew yeah like and they're both made by square which is funny yeah it's like i like the more realistic this is like more like cartoony kitty for me i don't know that just how i I, I take kitty it's not it's not kitty it's It's just i will say though it is cartoony what i mean like let's compare it to final fantasy with the dumb hair and the dumb like it's not like final fantasy is the most realistic thing ever either it's just you watch it's more of a cloud like that Cloud is objectively stupid looking. I mean, Barrett has a gun for an arm. Now that's badass, but let's not think that it's not also kind of weird. So I think it's just metal axles attached to two tires. Twisted metal is a whole different beast. That shit is. That's (laughs) cannot wait for that game to come back and they finally announce it. But point being is, I think it's just a stylistic thing, and um, you might kind of look at like the big giant beautiful triple a style where i'm totally okay with well this i mean kind of it, it's why like legend of zelda all that stuff it was like cartoony kitty it's like it, it just missed me i don't know it reminds me of like teen titans go I, or something i'm just gonna wholly disagree with the kitty part i'll get you with the cartoony tears of the kingdom total like watercolory style super colorful maybe not for everybody doesn't have that uber realistic look we'll say that triple a kind of 4k beautiful graphical style but i will completely disagree with kitty if you played the game you'd understand what i'm talking about but um agree hey i'm, listen, I'm just talking about the, the look not not the actual game. um let's see what came next after mario rpg they said oh by the way mario not the only person getting a game today and then they give us a very very vague very very short teaser for a new princess peach game which is going to be awesome I uh, cannot wait. 2024, it's going to be, looks like a side scroller, but who knows? We'll kind of figure out more of that. I'm assuming in the September direct uh, is probably where we'll see that at the latest, the January or February 2024 direct. But it looks like I'd imagine the September direct, we'll find out more. And I'll say this as a girl dad of two little girls that absolutely adore Mario, they've already watched the trailer like two or three times with me. Um, they are so hyped and like it's so cool to be able to buy this game and do a playthrough with them and share those memories and start to create those memories of a princess peach game i mean i'd buy it and play it anyway but still to have them them with me and do like a family playthrough of this is is just really super special i cannot wait for that uh, luigi's mansion 2 dark moon is getting remade for switch i i would i should say remastered it is the 3DS version of uh, Luigi's Mansion. It's getting an up res to Switch. That'll come in 2024 as well. And all of these things came within the first 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, there's 25 minutes left. This is going to be the greatest direct of all time. And then they gave one cool thing and then it kind of slammed on the brakes for a while. Uh, it's, it's hilarious that the one time I did not predict a Batman Arkham collection in the past three years is when we get 
the Batman Arkham Collection, uh, Asylum City and Night, and all of the DLC coming to Switch fall of 2023. Um, I'm sure it'll be $60, so I am so very out at yeah, that price I, point. I, I, I just don't know why you'd cool. want to play one on the Switch when you have it for PlayStation. I, I it doesn't make sense to me. But. Because you can play them on the okay. go. Uh, and I'm sure the OLED does help that. Uh, the look is, I mean, the, the OLED does make things look much better than they deserve to be. Uh, it didn't look half bad. I, I just, I have it on PlayStation, uh, the Arkham collection, and I'll, I'll be more than happy to just continue to play it there, especially because when Nintendo rolls out these collections, they love to price them full price again, five years after they're supposed to be like 10 bucks. So probably out on the Switch versions of these games, but cool for people that like to play Batman on the go gonna run through gloomhaven which is tactical crap coming out september 18th just dance 2024 silent hope is a dungeon crawling rpg october 3rd fey farm hot wheels unleashed two charged um manic uh, manic mechanics which is like an overcooked clone that's a timed console exclusive mario and rabbits sparks of hope got its dlc two pack the last spark hunter they actually shadow dropped that and a demo of the main game is available now. That game is severely underperforming in the sales department. And Eves uh, Gilmont, the head of Ubisoft, said that he did not heed the advice of Nintendo. Nintendo advised them to wait until the Switch 2. They did not. They wanted it with this install base. And uh, they're paying the price for not putting that out at a better time. Dragon Quest Monsters, the Dark Prince, looks like dog shit. Uh, that'll come out December 1st. Then they gave us like a four minute Pikmin 4 update. I love that treasures are back because I saw the Game Boy Advance SP and it's the same color that I have for my Game Boy Advance SP. And it was just a neat thing to know that they're going to put those little Easter eggs back in that Nintendo charm. Uh, that was cool. They then shadow dropped Pikmin 1 and 2 in high def. Uh, they're also getting physicals in September. So all four. Pikmin games are going to be available on the Switch, and this series started on the GameCube, so they are doing their best to push Pikmin. It is not my style, not my series. However, Pikmin 4 is getting a demo on June 28th, and they strictly and specifically said you never have to have played a Pikmin game before to enjoy this demo. So, okay, I'll give the demo a shot, but I still don't see myself uh, diving into Pikmin. It's just a franchise that doesn't speak to me. We are getting the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1 on Switch. We had talked about this for the PlayStation Showcase. They just said it's coming to console, but they never said a date. They said autumn, I believe, and they never said what consoles. Uh, and now we know. They were waiting for the Direct to kind of unveil this. Um, it'll include all the old Metal Gear games from like the NES and stuff too. So I think seven games and a graphic novel and some movies uh, included. It's coming October 24th. Each game will also be sold separately. The problem lies with the fact that Konami decided to make this 55 gigs on the Switch, which is just a lot of gigs for a Switch game. Um, it'll come to PlayStation. It'll come to Xbox. It'll come to maybe PC. I am not sure, but Switch as well. I would probably avoid getting this one on Switch because of the high downloads. If you want to play one of the old Metal Gear Solids, buy it separately. Sure. But Metal Gear Solid coming to Switch. I would think that you thought, uh, because you have a history with Metal Gear, particularly the Solid series, that you thought this might have been a pretty cool get for the Switch. I, I just can't see you wanting to play this on the. I'm not the handheld guy, so to me to want to play like yeah, but Batman they're on or PSP Metal or v 
They're yeah, on PSP but, or Vita or something, and so yeah, people have played even, them. Even that, I don't know. I want to see that on my my big screen. I don't want to watch that on a fucking five inch screen. That that that's yeah. Just but you me. can say that about literally anything. I know, but uh, Greg, when was the the last handheld game I played was Pokemon, and that was three years ago. I haven't touched. Oh, yeah, I haven't picked it up that. since. It, handheld is not for me. I am I am a big screen kind of guy gamer now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I enjoy the both because I just like playing anywhere. It's, a, it's just a neat part of my, my eyesight's I, going as it is. I don't need to put a little <laughs> screen to my face to really speed that up even more. I, uh, I didn't talk about this in my what you've been up to segment, but I bought Tony Hawk for the for the switch because it was on sale and uh, it it plays really well. It doesn't look good. But it plays really well. It's super smooth. I've already beaten both Tony Hawk 1 and 2 with Andrew Reynolds. Uh, and it was really fun to play that on the go. But yeah, it doesn't touch the PS5 version. But it's just fun to to be able to have that handheld and get it for like 12 bucks or something like that. I was like, I, I can't ignore Tony Hawk on the Switch for 12 bucks, even if it sucks. It's kind of like whatever. It's 12 bucks. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, just back to the direct. We got Vampire Survivors finally coming to Switch August 17th. Headbangers Rhythm, Rhythm Battle, uh, October 31st. Penny's Big Breakaway. It's a 3D platformer from the Sonic Mania team. Yo-yos and shit. I love 3D platformers. Sonic Mania, one of the best Sonic games ever. So to have, I think his name is Christian Whitehead, uh, to have him come back and his team make a brand new game, brand new IP. Looked awesome. Super excited. Early 2024. Mario Kart 8 Wave 5, we're getting a new level, Squeaky Clean Sprint, which looks fantastic. We're getting three new racers, PD Piranha, The Wiggler, and Kamek. Also some other new courses, I think seven new courses, but they didn't unveil those today. We're getting that in summer 2023. A remake of Star Ocean, the second story, uh, which is a mix of 3D and HD 2D. It looks so badass. It looks great, but it is not my style of game. That'll come November 2nd. We're getting our second WarioWare game on the Switch just two years after the last one. Smooth moves? No. Get it together, maybe? Um, we're getting WarioWare Move It November 3rd. It's instead of one Joy-Con and doing micro games, you actually kind of hold two Joy-Con, and they have a whole bunch, I think 200 different micro games around that, Pikmin and Mario and all this cool stuff. I um, think that's only a $50 game as well. Local co-op. There's a party mode with like a board game in there. Again, November 3rd, they updated us on November, on on Nintendo Live in Seattle. It is free to attend, but you have to win a lottery to get a ticket. That will end today or tomorrow by the time you're listening to this today. So if you want to go to Seattle and try to get a ticket to that, register on Nintendo the, the literal second you hear this. Try to find it. I did not register uh, for it. Uh, sucks to suck, but I uh, I'm not paying my own way to Seattle. Um, then we got tears of the kingdom getting new amiibo for Zelda and Ganondorf. They look really cool. And then lastly, the big hitter, uh, and the thing that brought it all home and just made this direct. One of the greats was a new 2d Mario game, super Mario bros. Wonder it's coming this year. It's coming in four months, October 23rd. No, it's October 20th. I believe was the date. Let me just double check on that. Uh, because there could be a huge problem with that. So I'm also going to Los Angeles or the Los Angeles area that Monday. So I'll have a brand new Mario game to play on a six hour plane ride and a four day hotel stay. 
So I'm kind of like super psyched that oh October 20th. So I was right. Yeah, it's coming out the same day as Spider-Man 2. Hmm. Um, I don't know why. It's really weird. They'll both sell 10 million copies in like a week. Uh, but this game looked fantastic. It ex- is exactly what we wanted from a new 2D Mario. Not the same bullshit we've been getting for 15 years with new Super Mario Brothers. That style is old. That style is done. It is uninspired. And quite frankly, we are ready for something new. So to get this beautiful art style with a whole brand new animation set for Mario, where he kind of runs almost like he did in Super Mario 3, and his hat kind of follows behind a little bit, and he grabs it when he goes into the pipe. He turns into a fucking elephant uh which i didn't see coming that was not on the mario bingo card if you will uh wonder flowers kind of just make crazy shit happen i am so excited to beat this in literally one sitting but uh at the same time this is going to be my plane ride game this is going to be my hotel game i'll beat it a million times hopefully speed run it cannot wait for the speed runs of this game but i have this pre-ordered as well to come um on october 20th same with spider-man same with with super mario rpg so Cannot wait for this new 2D Mario. That was a Nintendo Direct. Before we dive into the rest of the showcases, any final thoughts on the Direct as a whole or this new 2D Mario game? It just couldn't have worked out better for you for that one, huh? With the work travel, you couldn't have planned it better if you tried. Yeah, but that's kind of false because at the same time, I will completely miss playing Spider-Man for at least a week and a half. Like I can probably get some in. I'll pro- what I'll probably do is that night on the twentieth, that Friday, I'll play Spider Man all night. And any time on the weekend that I get, which should be minimal since I'm leaving uh, on Monday morning to California, uh, I'll I will play Spider Man over that weekend. So I should have a little bit of time to play a couple hours at least. But then I won't be able to play it for a week. And then I get back. What am I going to do? Get back after a week in Cali and be like, all right, family, video game time. Like, probably going to see you guys in a week. And then it's Halloween. So, like, it's it's really going to be a, um, our October episode is going to be, I don't know when we're going to be recording it. Who knows what that's going to look like? That's a future Greg and Sam problem. But as cool as it is that I'll be playing, I'll be beating Mario by the time I uh, come back from California, it's going to suck because I, uh, I'm i going to miss playing Spidey. And you're going to be yeah. playing it. You're going to be like 20 hours in. I'm just going to be jealous. Pissed. Well, we have more recaps to go. So we have the Xbox, the Summer Game Fest, the Capcom, and the Ubisoft Showcase. Yeah, I'm going to fly here. Um, so with Ubisoft Forward, we got 10 minutes of star wars outlaws which was announced during the xbox conference then they said hey tomorrow tune into the ubisoft forward you'll get a better look at it uh from a concept i think it's amazing k vess is the main character she's almost like an outlaw um and she has a really cool companion and they're going around doing heists and cool things like that i love it massive entertainment it's a it's an open world star wars game which is neat uh, I, I think there's a lot of cool meat on these bones, um, and it's cool that EA is is not, or I'm sorry, that Ubisoft is making a Star Wars game, not EA, as they've kind of been the Star Wars developer as of late. But it's going to take a lot for me to buy a seventy dollars Star Wars game in general, and this this as cool as it did, I'm not going to play it. Now, this is I, I am curious on your thoughts of this one. Avatar Frontiers Frontiers of Pandora got a pretty big blowout. It's coming December 7th of this year. You like the movies. Um, 
The game looks very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like faithful to the movies. Did this move the needle for you at all? Not one bit. I will stick to the movies. The game didn't interest me. I, if it was free, I wouldn't play it. That's how little it interested me. Wow. Why? If, if you don't mind me asking why I, it, it just, I, I, just rather watch the movies. I don't really care about playing as an avatar. Like I know the world. I'll, I'll just watch the movies. I don't care about another person trying to just basically recreate the the Jake Sully story. I know that story. I'm good. I'll wait for the movie. The next the Avatar three comes out in 2025. Now I think so. I'm good. The first person action adventure game will see players control a Navi trained by the RDA to fight against her own people, but the Navi eventually reconnects with their heritage, learning Navi weapons and skills to prepare for the RDA's inevitable return. Yeah, the Jake Sully um, story. I'm good. I know the movies. I just <laughs> saved everybody 10 hours. I have still not seen the Avatar films. Uh, I've seen, what, the first half hour of the first one and then not a single second after. So while this game will not be on my list or on my radar, it's it's making some headway and people are definitely interested in it, especially from a first person perspective. But here's my thought. If I'm going to play an Avatar game, I don't want it to be first person. I want to see yep, exactly. the character. I, I, I think never, been I never liked that experience. anyway. So it's like that never. As soon as they say that, I'm like, out. It's already what, I was first out. Person? First person. Yep. As soon as they say out, and if it's not like yeah. resistance or something like that, I'm out. Yeah. I, uh, I. This is just a weird first person choice to me. I, I would have liked to see a third person avatar game, but whatever. Uh, then we got a brand new game announcement. One of the only ones, Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. And as much as I don't really care for the Prince of Persia games, this one looked fantastic and had so much metroid dread dna that i really couldn't help but fall in love with it i will not buy it i will not play it until it is 20 to 25 dollars uh because Better again I, i'm not spending 60 to 70 dollars on a game that i'm not absolutely in love with I, i'm spending my gaming budget i'm being patient i'm waiting for sales and i'm only buying games full price now that like truly truly speak to me and that i'm going to want to play the day i get them this is not one of them but a 2d metroidvania semi-open world metroid dread style i'm so super in on uh eventually uh assassin's creed mirage got a big look i just i wish i cared they also showed some vr assassin's creed experience Uh, i my god like Assassin's Creed missed so hard for me. Like I swung the bat and the pitcher didn't even throw the ball yet. I missed it missed that hard. Uh, The crew motor fest couldn't care less about the crew. Don't care about Forza as much anymore. Don't care about Gran Turismo. Don't care about the crew. Not my style. Captain Laserhawk gets an anime. They brought out the dude who did uh, the Castlevania ones. Ari Shafir, I think his name is something along those lines. And uh, oh, the guy he that came out Devil May Cry that we're still waiting for. He he yeah, yeah. he uh, he comes out and he was expecting to get a loud ovation and just like didn't. By the way, this Ubisoft event was live and they just missed the mark so many times because the audience it was such forced applause. He, he is very shame. cringe. He is so do that. He was so awkward. I yeah, felt so bad. He's an he was like dude. Captain Laserhawk. Every, no, I think he said like and they said no. I'm just kidding. They said yes. And it's like, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like, that was the worst joke ever. Our friend Mike Minotti was in the audience, and I can't recall 
if this was for the Xbox Showcase, Summer Game Fest, or the Ubisoft Forward event. I think it was either Summer Game Fest or Ubisoft. And he was in the audience live, and they cut to the audience after their show. And you know how, like, when you say goodbye to your audience for a live thing, everybody just kind of claps yeah. as the credits roll or whatever. He got up and walked out, and the camera panned to him. <laughs> And they oh caught it on God. camera. Everybody's clapping. Yeah, he's just getting up and getting out of there. And he put on Twitter, he's like, Yeah, what did you want? It was a go it was an okay show. I was ready to leave. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Sorry, that's when you want a guy. standing ovation. What are we at? Cans? That's our that's our guy, uh, Mike Minotti. X Defiant is coming this summer. No one cares. Skull and Bones is getting a closed beta in August. Literally, no one cares. The division resurgence is coming this fall. And then we got some sizzle reel. It, it was just such a waste of a show. Um, outside of the pretty cool Prince of Persia announcement for Summer Games Fest. This, I thought, had some pretty cool meat to its bones. I wish upon wishes that the show wasn't two hours and packed with really dumb Way mobile game long. ads. Too long. But yeah, Jeff Keeley's going to Jeff Keeley. I'm going to start with the big one because this you probably have some thoughts here. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. After a really funny joke he had earlier, which I have to give him credit for, he said, speaking of Final Fantasy... And everybody was like, oh, he's got Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. He was like, Taco Bell and Grubhub. And everybody's like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, so that was a pretty cool joke. But he did end up coming back to that joke at the end and be like, oh, by the way, I'm honored to show you this game. And it's uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming early 2024. We got a huge look at, if you don't know what it is, it's Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. Sam, I know you have thoughts on this because you love the first one. How's Rebirth looking for you? Oh, dude. I mean, the first one was fantastic. It was so great to, to dive back in. This one, to have, like I said in my opening, it has two discs. I mean, I feel like some people missed that again because they were still clapping and they didn't see like the headline like two discs because they were still freaking out. But the, reminds this you is the old a, school. Say it again. I said it reminds you of the old school days. Two discs. Oh, exactly. It's exactly what the original had. God knows how many hours it's going to be to play this game. This is a day one pre-order for me. Can't wait to dive back. And this was easily my favorite game in the whole announcement. Even better than when Nicolas Cage showed up where he was on stage a little bit too long. But Dead besides that, I, I, I can't wait to dive back in, man. It, it feels like it, it's been a little while. You're probably only eight or nine months away. I mean, early 2024, you could think like March maybe. Because yeah, that's well, when I, March March was when the first one came out. Right around Yeah, COVID I mean, so... Like, I, I just pre-ordered uh, Spider-Man 2, so that's out in October. So as soon as I see Amazon taking pre-orders, I will be picking up a physical copy. I'm surprised Can't... you're not going to play or buy Final Fantasy 16. Uh, no, I, I think I'm just going to hold out. I know 16 is getting rave reviews. You know, again, like you said, this year for gaming, gaming has been fantastic. I feel like every month there's been like a, a new big thing taking over Twitter with everyone's talking about. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm just going to hold out. I'm going to wait. Spider-Man two is coming. And then, which is going to basically probably take me to, um, rebirth. So I'm just going to hold out. Yeah. I got what halfway through the first final fantasy seven remake and it was really enjoyable and really fun. And did you beat um, the house? Yes, I did. I beat the house first try to, to um, me. I'm the probably... house, the house is the hardest boss in the whole game. To yeah, me, I beat it first. He was try the hardest, and I'm I'm not an action RPG guy, so maybe I just got lucky. But 
it was only about two hours after the house fight that I stopped playing. So probably halfway or a little under halfway. And I thought it was really enjoyable. Um, uh, same thing though. It was at a time where my wife was pregnant and my time was just so yeah. limited. I was with and, Helena and almost 24 hours a day by myself for nine months. So yeah. like, I just and didn't have time. That that's a game like you know you got to sink in hours and the grind a little bit and you know the story yeah. and like you you probably were probably I would probably say you're probably like forty five to fifty percent on the game and I and I still have it so I do have part one so if I ever do get around to finishing it which who knows um, I think part two is definitely on my uh, on my radar but um we'll see how long i would imagine that i don't play that game until at least 2025 and who the hell knows where we're going to be at that point but this is a game eventually uh but like they turned a 20 to 40 hour game into like some 120 hour brand new trilogy it's like good for you square enix because like nobody else could do that uh, Spider-Man two does get its October 20th release date. They, for some reason withheld that from the Sony showcase and like gave it to us here. And they also let us know that venom is not Eddie Brock. Um, do you think it's going to be a new venom that we've never heard before? Or maybe just a different one that they're going to go back to the yeah, world. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't like that news. Obviously, um, venom is Eddie Brock to me. I, I mean, unless they do Dylan Brock, um, it, it, unless it's some stupid new character, I'm not going to be a huge fan of that. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, they so they, they just saved the release date for his game fest. They're like, all right, Jeff, we owe you one. We'll save the date for you. Thank God it's this year. Um, the, the the game it looks fantastic. I I, I definitely it's already pre ordered, so I, I can't wait to play it. But the the Venom reveal, I was like, ah crap. So not not a huge fan of that one, but it is what it is. Well, we got that cool Craven stuff, so hopefully we get some more Craven, a lot of Craven this year. That's what it seems like. It's gonna be the year of the Craven. Uh, given the movie and and everything else. But yeah, October 20th, I'm excited for it, ready to go. Um, Then we got, oh no, Ubisoft Forward didn't announce the Prince of Persia game. Summer Game Fest did, and Prince of Persia got a deeper dive at Ubisoft because Prince of Persia The Lost Crown uh, did get its unveiling at Summer Game Fest. We got a Mortal Kombat 1 full gameplay blowout. Ed Boon was on the stage. I saw a little Goro in there, um, but... We got a look at the cameo fighters and how they're going to work, and they're very multifaceted. We got a look at um, the fights, the fatalities. And I said at the PlayStation event, because it was right before that, that it got unveiled. So same episode. I said, yeah, this is not a day one buy for me for $70. I'm rethinking it. I still don't think it is because a fighting game for $70 is just a lot. What I will most likely do is what I did with MK11. I waited it out until the eventual DLC was out and done. And then they repackage it as like the complete edition. And then I dive in um, so I can just play the story, play the DLC, enjoy the whole thing. But now this game is a 100% must buy. It's just all about when I'm going to buy it and at a price point that I'm comfortable with. But there is no doubt about it that Mortal Kombat 1 is at the top of my most anticipated list. This fighting looked amazing. I mean, the Mortal Kombat, the fighting, the fatalities, they always look awesome. I'm interested to see the, the kind of the new storyline that they're taking here. Now having Sub-Zero and Scorpion brothers instead of mortal enemies. So I, I, you're, I'm already interested as is. So, But I am I was out. Like, if I, I ain't going to buy it. But after seeing that, it's like, okay, maybe I, I jumped the gun a little bit. So we'll, we'll, we'll play it by ear. 
maybe you can borrow it. That's still a thing in this day and age. We can borrow things from each other. Um, I yeah, I'm in on that. Raiden being like the Liu Kang of the world, Liu Kang being the Raiden of this world, and kind of the overlord, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, the the Elder God, and like you said, Scorpion and Sub Zero being brothers. I think there's so much there that's interesting enough for me to be like, okay, for the ninth time they're rebooting the story, but finally I'm I'm interested because literally. Any character can do anything now. Like the possibilities yep. are endless. Maybe I'll even like Striker. Who knows? Because he sucks. Um, let's see. Fortnite uh, Wilds reveal gets a Transformers crossover. They announced Sonic Superstars, which we already covered in the direct. Alan Wake 2 got a massive gameplay reveal. I'm so excited. But that game is October 17th. So uh, I ain't buying it. Uh, Mario Wonder and... Spider-Man three days later, Alan Wake is getting sent to die. That sucks. That game will eventually be 20 bucks quickly. And uh, that's when I'll pick that up. Like a Dragon Gaiden is coming in November. Star Trek Infinite was announced. John Carpenter's Toxic Commando was revealed. Now, this one, I want to take a step back. There's two more games I really want to talk about. And they're the next two games here. Sandland is a new action game from Bandai Namco with art from Akira Toriyama. It is not Dragon Ball, but oh my God, does it have that same art style that he is so famous for? Yeah. And it's coming to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, and PC. So no Switch. So this game is big. It's beautiful. It's meaty. And like I said, it's a third-person action game. We don't really know anything else about it. We don't know the world. We don't even know really what style or kind of game it is. We have no release date. But this initial trailer, just from the art style alone, got me pretty darn excited. I would say it looked interesting, but it's not. It wouldn't be the PS5 game that I, the other PS5 game that I'm interested in. Ooh, uh a little tease there. Little tease there, uh, but yeah, I'm, I like Akira Toriyama's art. I'm in on that. Then the other one I want to talk about is Pal World. What the frick was this? It's Pokemon with guns, uh, like Martin Lawrence. They had Haitians with guns. Um, uh, yeah, but anyway, Pal World. You are, by the way, the the monsters in this game that you're taming, and by taming we mean shooting. Uh, they boy, were they close to looking like Pokemon? They really are, are cutting the line here with some of these. But like I'm going around and I find a level 50 Pokemon in the world and I'm shooting it to capture it. It was super weird. Um, then they have guns. The the Palmon. I don't even know what they're called. The monsters. Then they have guns when you catch them and put them in your party and your team. Uh, it's coming to early access next January. But like. This is a completely, you want to talk about Kitty, like we were talking about earlier. This is a completely different, new adult take on the Monster Tame. And I'm totally interested just because I love Monster Taming games. But I got to tell you, Pokemon with guns was not something I would ever have imagined I would have seen at a at Summer Game Fest or any showcase for that matter. Lord of the Rings Return to Moria is coming this fall. Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis has a closed beta. Um... Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, we'll talk about a TV thing that we saw there. We'll talk about that in the TV section. It's got some Call of Duty crap, some Marvel uh, Marvel Snap stuff. Exo Primal's getting a Street Fighter 6 crossover with uh, Guile and Ryu, I believe. Lies of P got a demo and a release date. Is that something you're interested in? The Pinocchio Dark Souls-like? Nope. 
let's see we got our witcher 3 trailer or witcher season 3 trailer for netflix warhammer 40k space marine now you're speaking my language yeah so that game was uh revealed before i think at the game awards or something but now we know it's getting co-op so what'd you think I mean, I, I'm a, I've been a huge uh, Warhammer fan since Games Workshop, since we've been in grade school. Um, the PS5, I actually think it's powerful enough to show the Warhammer, like the Space Marines, that when Space Marines are, are battling the Tyranids of all the alien creatures, I mean, they are swarms of enemies. And I imagine it's the uh, whether you're going to have the your blaster, your bolter, your chainsaw, whatever you're going to have. You're just going to have hundreds of enemies attacking you. So I think like the PS5, hopefully it's strong enough to support that and there's not too much lag. But that's something I want to see in Warhammer. That's what I miss playing in Dawn of War on PC, of being surrounded by the goddamn many Tyranids were the worst. And this is a game that I will definitely keep an eye on because I'm interested and I might be picking this one up. Uh, went through the rest of the showcase. There was really nothing there to really talk about. So I'll stop there and go really quickly. We only got 55 minutes left in the show and we're still in gaming. So uh, the Xbox game showcase is the last thing we'll cover here. I loved it. I think that there was massive flaws to it. Very similar to the PlayStation showcase of like, where's the gameplay? They were very, we don't have CG trailers. We're doing this, that, and the other. World um, premiere. Which sounded great. And then you don't you still don't give us gameplay you still find a way to give us just a a trailer but in engine but it's the same stuff we still don't see the gameplay a lot so i think microsoft as great as the announcements and games looked and were i am so tired of hearing those two words that you said (laughs) um for something we've already seen before and then on top of that for there to be no gameplay but it's in engine footage i don't give a shit I want to see the gameplay. What it's am not I gameplay, going to I don't want to say it. Yeah, it was. it's really weird. If you're going to announce a game for the first time with a CG trailer, I'm 50-50 on it, although I really think you could stand to put 20 seconds of gameplay in any trailer just to give us an idea of what we'll be playing. Um, but I did think overall what I saw in this showcase I really liked. Avowed comes in 2024. I'm not going in order of appearance. I'm going in the order that I have. Avowed comes in 2024. Obsidian, very Outer Worlds meets Skyrim. Uh, so I, if you like that style, Avowed could be for you. In Exile announces Clockwork Revolution, which was my game of the show. Brand new announcement. Boy, if there was ever a Bioshock Infinite clone, this is it. I am obsessed with the Bioshock franchise. So to get a Clockwork Revolution game from In Exile that looks and feels and seems to play tons of gameplay in there. Uh, loved that. It's coming to Game Pass day one, but I think that's years away. I think that's a 2025 game, as a matter of fact. We finally got a look at Fable, uh, which was funny, and it, at the end, twisted us and gave us the whole Jack and the Beanstalk vibe from the guy from the It crowd or the IT crowd. It, it was fun. Forza Motorsport is coming October 10th, so we know that now. Flight Sim 2024 is the next generation. We're getting that. Senua's Saga Hellblade 2. For some reason, they refused to show us gameplay. We got another trailer that was mostly cinematic. South of Midnight was brand new and announced from uh, what team did that? Uh, Oh, my gosh. I cannot think of the developer. They did uh, We Happy Few. Oh, my goodness gracious. I think Compulsion is the name of the studio. But this game looked awesome. This kind of stop motion, claymation, deep south demon playing acoustic guitar girl 
pulls out a freaking her guitar made of nothing. It was neat as hell. I really hope that that's how the game looks when I'm playing it because it did say an engine and that would be really sweet. I'd be in on that. Starfield got its big direct. I'll talk about that in a second. Towerborn was announced. Uh, 33 Immortals is a co-op game. Didn't care for that. City Skylines 2, don't care for that. Um, Dungeons of Hinterberg, don't care for that. Jusant, don't care for that. Uh, like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth was announced. Uh, Metaphor Refantasio, which is pretty neat because that's the Atlas team that makes Persona. So it's the Persona people. It's their brand new IP and new project. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Kinitsu Gami, the path of the goddess is a brand new IP from Capcom, which I never saw coming either. Doesn't do it for me, but still Capcom continues to just put out new games. Square Enix style payday three. Got a trailer. Persona three reload is coming. Persona five. Tactica is coming. Star Wars outlaw was revealed, but we covered that in the Ubisoft piece and the Chinese room plunges into narrative horror with still wakes the deep mist for me. Uh, we're getting a one terabyte Xbox Series S. We know that the current one's only 500. So this one being one terabyte, doubling the storage for only $50 more for 350. And it is in black, carbon black. So that was pretty cool. And the Starfield headset and controller looks badass. But I will say, oh, and Cyberpunk uh, 2077 DLC does look pretty sweet. Fallout 76 is going to Atlantic City, which is cool because that's home uh, or close to. Overwatch 2, don't care. Legend of Monkey Island is coming to Sea of Thieves. And that's about that. But the big thing, Starfield got its own direct. Starfield looks like the most ambitious game ever made, quite frankly. Uh, Starfield looks finally like a next-gen game. It looks like a next-gen-ass game. I don't know how it's going to run on the Series S, but that's where I'll play it. Um, I don't own a Series X but that's probably where you want it. You probably actually want to play it on PC because it'll be at higher frame rate. But, uh, oh my God, the, this Starfield Direct might have been, and I'll steal a line from Chris Raygun from the PlayStation podcast, Sacred Symbols. He said this was probably the greatest showing any video game has ever had in a dedicated like presentation. And I, I completely agree that this game showed so well tons of gameplay know exactly what we're going to be doing which is so big it's so massive that it's cool yet also so completely overwhelming it's like do i really want to play this game because this is going to be years it's 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 intimidating it's it's a very intimidating daunting task like i'm not going to play you know i don't i don't have xbox but it i wouldn't even know where to start there'd be too many things i could barely take ghost if i'm going to have all these freaking planets, all the shit to look for, life forms. No, I'm not wasting 300 plus hours of my life on this game. It looks awesome. I agree. It looks like one of the most ambitious games ever made. I respect kudos to everyone who buys it, plays it, beats it. No, no, thank you. That is way too much time to invest. Yeah, I don't think I mean, you said waste 300 hours. I think if you're going to invest 300 hours, it's probably not a waste. I think you would pick that up pretty quick. So I think probably invest is the better. I don't word? even know. If, how do you? Inv- I don't even know if investing is the right word for it. I don't know. Uh, like, uh, uh, you going to be an astronaut? Dedicate. I mean, like this. Okay, yeah. You, this game, are you going to dedicate? Put, yes, that is a better word. It's a complete dedication to gaming. Uh, I I don't yeah, know I don't how. Know. Because 
it's one of those games where if you don't continue to play it like every day and you let's let's say you put it down for a month and you pick it back up and you forget where the story is you forget exactly. where you're going there's, you're, there's it's one of that it's one of those so games where you're like shit games, there's so many games yeah you, you've played so many games this year like honestly you might even have a shot to play because i don't know how the hell you find time to play half of the shit you do i stay up late and that's because a lot of it's on switch and i can play it in bed um, this I game, know. I will have to be in the basement, and that's going to be rough. So I, you're, I'm with you. I don't know how I'm going to invest the time that it would take, and it's going to take me. I have to take a week off here, four days off here. And like when you go back into it and you forget where you're going and what you're doing, it can be so intimidating that you just stop. Exactly. I think that – but that to me is the game pass allure. It's like, okay, well, I didn't spend $70 on it. So even if I have to play it for an hour or two to get my bearings back, it's on Game Pass. It's kind how, of how much space do they say? How much space is it? Oh, I don't know. It might take up my entire Xbox. That's what I'm saying. That's probably <laughs> why they had to say, here's a terabyte because 500 is not even enough. <laughs> yeah, I could see this game being 200 gigs on seven discs. Uh, no, in, in all seriousness, uh, this is going to be a massive game, but they did an amazing job of unveiling exactly what we're going to be doing. And I'm in, I'd say day one, it's in September. So there's not really anything else until October for me. So I have a good month, but a month ain't going to be enough. So for the Xbox only crowd, if you don't have a PlayStation or a switch, this is your dream. This is what you've been waiting for. And this is the game that's going to get you through until the fables, until the perfect darks, the gear sixes, the clockwork revolutions, but boy, howdy. Is this an intimidating undertaking for a fellow like me who plays a lot of games? So as much as I'm looking forward to it, um, I I sincerely doubt I'm going to be anywhere near finishing it probably ever. Uh, and that that was all of the showcases. I am ready to move on because we got 45 minutes left for a whole episode. And, and you mentioned, I'll just say it again, Spidey 2 got a release date that is October 20th. Pre-orders now are available on Amazon. And we both have them. Yep. Done. Next up, Naughty Dog officially revealed they're working on a new single-player experience. And they did it while delaying factions. Um, we don't still don't know the name of factions. We are we were wondering why was factions not at the PlayStation showcase? Well, our next story is going to cover that, but we now know in that. Uh, announcement they said while we're also working on a new single player experience so that tells me that i don't think it's a new ip we're going to be getting the last of us part three sometime in the playstation 5 generation uh, we can only hope or uncharted whatever they want to do i'll think they're not making uncharted anymore somebody else is bend or somebody but it ain't naughty dog piss the last of us multiplayer project has reportedly been massively scaled back in part due to a lot of negative feedback from Bungie. Which is crazy because Bungie, the newly owned Sony studio, famous for Marathon and Destiny and Halo, uh, they came into this project and they're the ones who pretty much shut it down for, well not shut it down, but they're the ones responsible for saying to Sony, this is not going to be what you're looking for. When, hey, okay. Uh, Sony was looking for a game that could be played for months and months and make them tons of continuous money. Meanwhile, Bungie probably said this is not ambitious enough. Um, So they massively scaled back the team, moved a lot of the team to the single player experience. I don't know if we're ever going to get this game. I think I don't don't want the last multiplayer. I don't want that at all. No, me neither. But it was going to be the single player story inside of the multiplayer game. Like 
you play it multiplayer, but it does have its own story. So I think the appeal from a single player perspective, like me and you, we like, we don't play multiplayer much, if at all, that it still could appeal to us because we could get the story part of it. Kind of like Titanfall almost did that. It told a single player story through a multiplayer game. So I would have bought it. But at the same time, the second those story missions are over, I'm done. I'm not playing it to play multiplayer games. I don't get a lot of return to my investment for multiplayer. All it is is sunk time. I don't care about multiplayer aspects that much. So I would have enjoyed it. I just if they're going to scale it back, I can either see it being tagged on to Last of Us 3 or never seeing the light of day. I'd be surprised if if we get this again at least in the fashion that we were supposed to. There is a Sonic Direct coming this Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, the 23rd, I think. I call it a Sonic Direct. I think it's called a Sonic Central, but when you say the word direct, you kind of know what it is. It's They're going to dive into superstars. They're going to probably dive into some concert stuff. They'll dive into some Sonic... Uh, it's his 32nd anniversary. So they'll dive into some cool like collabs they have going on. They might do some frontiers DLC. Don't expect a new game announcement or anything. Cause we literally just got one with superstars. So temper your expectations. But if you want another look, a third look since June 8th of superstars, it's probably a good place for you to get it. And the last story we have in gaming game pass pricing is increasing from 15 a month to $17 starting in July. Yeah, just in time for Starfield. You butter us up with this beautiful Starfield direct and then you you say, by the way, and they and they drop the news during the direct, the Nintendo direct, those sneaky sons of bitches. Uh but no, we caught you. Uh and uh yeah, it's going to be going up to 17 bucks a month. Um Starfield comes out in September, so you can, you know, do what I did and cancel Game Pass until Starfield drops. But and then I'll find some cool deal where you get three months for a dollar or something and I'll do that and I'll play Starfield for those three months and then I'll cancel Game Pass again. That's where I'm at with my Xbox gaming because I don't play it as much. I am strictly in this for the value of it. I will get the sale. I will cancel just like Apple TV. I get two months free. Sweet. I'm canceling it when two months are up and then I'll redo another two month free trial for something else. Uh, But yeah, anyway, game prices, game pass is going up. If you're an existing member, be prepared for a two dollar price hike. Uh, I'm so over talking. I'm done. It's an hour and 20 into the pod. I'm so hoarse. I don't even have a drink. Sam hit us with it as we move in the movies. This is your time to shine. My friend, these first three stories, actually all of them are right up your alley. I need to know spoiler free. What happened with the flash? How'd you like it? Uh, the flash movie. I just right out and say it. I thought it was good. I when James Gunn praised that doesn't it, say great though. James Gunn, you know, again, I'm going to touch it all. James Gunn praised it as it was one of the best superhero movies he'd ever seen. Nah, that's bullshit. What what hurts? Didn't Tom Cruise do that too? I I don't. Was it Tom? Didn't Tom Cruise come out and say like he loved the Flash? It it might have been, but what hurts the Flash for me is we. I just had Grant Gustin for nine seasons. That hurts the Flash. I that show touched every one of his rogues. I was not surprised one time. And well, besides the cameos story, like story beat wise, not one thing was surprising. Not one thing. Um, a lot of aspects. I feel like the flash TV show did it a little bit better. 
Um, if you want to watch the best um, Flashpoint, go watch um, Flashpoint Paradox DC animated movie. That's a 10 out of 10. So when this movie, you know, he goes back to save his mom. That's Flashpoint Paradox. Go watch the animated movie. It's a 10 out of 10. It blows this movie out of the water. And it's not even close. And I'm pretty sure most people would say the same exact thing. So if you want this storyline beat by beat, like, which I literally cried at the end of that movie. I almost teared up at this. I think I almost did, but it didn't get it. It, it. it just didn't have it. This movie was a little long. Um, Ezra did the the best he could playing two roles. He, he, he was good, but a lot of the jokes were flat. Um, I thought Ben Affleck was fantastic as Bruce Wayne, as Batman, Andy Muschietti. I, I get it why he's going to be. I'm just going to jump to the story of Lance, the next director of Batman Brave and the Bold. I get it. He he understands the character of Batman. I get that perfect. I wanted more Ben Affleck. You had um, Sasha Calais as Supergirl. I thought she was fantastic. I feel like most of her shit was probably cut because she wasn't in it much. You know, you don't you don't even get the key until like an hour into the movie. So there was times where I thought the movie just kind of drug a little bit. Like it was two hours and 20 minutes. Didn't need to be that long. Yeah, there were some cameos here. Um, the end credit cameo didn't even need to be there. I, I, I could have left. No, no reason I stayed there at the end to watch that and kind of fell flat. Um, who else am I missing? Michael Keaton. He was absolutely my, my favorite part of the movie. Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck, easily the best parts. Uh, Michael Keaton, just seeing him, the music, I had chills. My whole body had goosebumps. I was seeing it with Kelly. I was like, babe, look, my arm, all my hairs were standing up. Just the music alone. He was fantastic. Um, the special effects, yeah, at times it, it wasn't great, you know. But I feel like a lot of people, they just shit on DC. They shit on DC no matter what. Even the last Marvel properties you know weren't even this good and they got more praise than what flash got like there there's something going on like i don't know the storyline with michael shannon and the man of steel like there was no like we did this in man of steel so it was like the villain was i don't know it, it just left i guess it left me wanting more or but like not in a good way like i i would have just changed a lot of things with this movie like i understand andy mushin i think he really understands um, Batman, The Flash, a little bit. I just think that with with the old DC movies of the whole Zack Snyder, all that verse going away, all these movies are screwed. The Flash is gonna bomb. Blue Beetle, the trailer looks good, but I, that doesn't look, like Aquaman two. That's the end of the regime. Like I feel like all these movies are DC basically put all these movies out the pasture. Like oh yeah, are just out to die. Like saying Flash is going to be the next big thing. No one gives a shit. I mean, it had a $220 million budget and it made $141 million worldwide. So to me, for this movie to even make money, it needs like four hundred dollars to $500 million. And by the looks of it, they're lucky if they can if they end up making over three hundred dollars to $350 million. I feel like they're going to fall somewhere in that. And that's not good. DC needs... James Gunn better have a good plan because... It doesn't look good right now. I, I kind of, at this point, don't bring back anybody. If you're going to change everything, don't bring back anyone's character. Everyone should start fresh. Wonder Woman, 
Aquaman, everyone. Everyone's got to go. With Everybody's, like new actors or something. Yeah. Clean slate. You can't keep bringing like, you know, they they, they, they did Henry Cavill so dirty. Just what they did to that guy. You, you kind of brought back everyone in this movie, but still cut his shit. Like DC, go fuck yourself sometimes. Like, I don't understand what your thing is. Like, your butt hurt. I, I don't know what's going on, but you better pray James Gunn can deliver with his Superman movie. Because if not, you guys are screwed. Seriously, DC will be in trouble. Because th- th- they, they had the great Superman and they shit the bed. They truly shit the bed. I, I still think Flash is as bad as everyone says it is. I still think it's worth seeing in theaters. Um, I, How was I wanted, this? this Mushietti said the CG being wonky is on purpose. What did you think about the visual effects? Yeah, and that was like the, the kids shit. That, that was the opening scene. And it was just a little, I don't know. I, I would have cut that whole fucking thing, if I'm honest. That whole thing, that whole opening shot, they probably that was probably a fucking quarter of the budget. That was probably like $75 million, the opening scene. Guaranteed. I would have cut the whole thing. It, 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 it was supposed to be kind of cute and funny, and then you're putting a baby in the microwave. You're like, huh? It, it, it just, it, it just, it, it didn't leave a good taste in my mouth watching. I, I didn't get up, like crazy upset all people did about it, but I was just like, eh, wasn't for me. I moved on. It, you I said baby in a microwave, and I'm just sitting here like, the frick did he yeah, just and, say? And that's literally what happens. Um, I, 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 I just, you know, I wanted to like the movie more. I had a little bit higher hopes of it. I, st- I still thought it was okay. I did, but again, you can't keep going back to Zack Snyder's people. And they're like, oh, we're moving on. So I, I feel like you're kind of in the middle in this movie. And you're like, oh, we'll throw Keaton. We'll bring Keaton in. We'll, we'll bring him back. Hopefully, we'll bring some people in. And they threw a couple more, like, what the fuck cameos. Like, the end cameo, I was like, why was he here? If they changed it to a different actor, guaranteed it would have got a way bigger pop than what was shown on on, on the movie. But I, I still think you got to see it. It's the 13th installment. I have a guess. I ha- Go. You I have a, I, hold on. I I have a guess. I don't know the answer. I'm putting it in the chat of our – you can probably hear me typing um, – of our episode. Yeah. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. It, instead oh of God. him, it should have been someone else. When he was there, I was like, I was like are you serious? It, it felt yeah. so flat. The way you it, said it, I can almost guess just based it, on the way you say it. I don't I know mean, the dude, answer. I haven't been spoiled. but Yeah, and just disgusted. Like when he shows up, you're like – I was like, are you serious? I was like, oh, wow. I was like – I don't even want to say more because I'll spoil it. But again, <laughs> I, I still think it's, I still think it was a good movie. It's worth it. Why buy it on Blu-ray? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So what was good about it? What was you've good? Been, you've been kind of upset about it. Well, but you keep well, saying I said, it, but it's good. I already said so then the what ben was Affleck, redeeming it? The whole Ben Affleck, every Bruce Wayne, every Batman scene he's in is phenomenal. The bike scene, great. Sure, but what about The Flash? The, the Flash, like, he was, he had it his moments. I, how I was, was Ezra? Ups- Ezra was good playing the dual roles, but it just mm-hmm. got a little boring to me. Convoluted? Okay, boring. It got boring. I Again, I had nine seasons of The Flash. You know, right. I, they did every every one of his villains, every storyline. They did it right. all. There was yeah, nothing, And Gustin probably a better Flash, too. Gustin was the better Flash. And that's another yeah. thing that hurt this Ezra, is we loved Grant. And that there's nothing you could do about it. Yeah, there were some great yeah. cameos, like some some awesome shit that that um, one of the great cam- I can't even say it because it was such a surprise and to see it. Yeah, it was all CGI, but to see it just kind of put 
a stupid smile on your face. Again, I don't want to say more because I will literally spoil the whole moment. And it was a it was a good joy. But for me alone, being a Batman guy, it was it was just alone to see Keaton again. Like I said, I had full body chills. Sasha Kelly was she was great as Supergirl. She really was. She just needed more to do. And what hurt this was um Flashpoint Paradoxic exists in DC animated form. That exists. That is a 10 out of 10. So when you compare so I compared it to I I can't separate it. So this will be like another six to seven out of ten for me. Ten out of ten, go watch DC animated par- uh um Flashpoint Paradox. You will have a way better time. I hope that uh, that you can bring us up here a little bit because you also saw Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. What did you think of that? I mean, again, uh, James Gunn said this was his favorite superhero movie ever made. I, I strongly disagree with that. I like the first one way more than this one. I, I couldn't give this movie a 10 out of 10 just out of the audio issues alone. How do you give a, I, I heard you that give they a movie had a 10 out of 10 when you can't hear them talk? Hell. Yeah, I heard that they re-released it though. That's what, yo, bro. The they audio. re-released the, they remixed the audio, and that how are you going to give it a ninety-five? What is it on Rotten Tomatoes? Let me even say it. Ninety-six percent when I couldn't hear shit on the audio. No, I, I can't agree with that, man. I, 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 again, this movie, two hours and twenty minutes, way too long. I would have cut twenty to thirty minutes easy from this movie. Two twenty. Yeah, God, it's a long man. movie, dude. It, and you don't even get to see the Spider-Man until like an hour, hour and a half in. Like this, this has a lot of family stuff in it. This was the beats that they just kept going and going. I was like, man, I would have cut that. I would have cut this. I, I, I liked the movie. I did. But the first one was still better. Not even a question. Like, I don't even have to think about it. Um, You, you want to talk about some weird cameos in this movie. You had some good cameos. You had some what the fuck cameos. What are you even doing here? Why am I in Venomverse? Why am I looking at live action? Um, I, I just thought they they so, tried they tried to do too much here. They tried to do too much. I think they said the one chase scene took them two years. It's like what two years? No, that's why the movie took so damn long to make. Um, but again, they a hundred million dollar budget. They're about to cross five hundred million worldwide. They made their money, you know. So the Marvel don't give a shit. So, Sony don't care. They're making money. I I, I liked it. Um, Shamik Moore still good as Miles. Haley Steinfeld, yeah. she's good as Gwen. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't want to say a little bit too more. That's a little cameo. But having Jason, like the one good part is Jason Schwartzman is like the is that they call the spot the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Out of like a, a like a, a C villain type deal kind of like he, he kind of grows on you. And I kind of liked him more than I, I was expecting Jake Johnson's back as Peter B Parker. Some of the old gang, not the full gang, but some of the gangs back. They did, a, you know, so many nods and Easter eggs, all these Spider-Man from the games to TV shows, cartoons, memes, like they had it all in here. I did have some fun. Again, like DC, some jokes hit, some was completely flat. Um, I, I would I would still try to see this in theaters, maybe give it a chance. Maybe now with the, the remix audio, you can hear it a little bit better. But when I saw it in IMAX, I, I had trouble hearing it. I'm not going to lie, but I, I still enjoyed it. Go see it in, in the movies. The third one comes out March 29th, 2024, so you got plenty of time. But I still prefer the first one. 
uh, yeah, and I've heard a lot of movies in IMAX struggle with that too, with the big action and this the S, uh, the sound effects just kind of drowning out the, the speaking. But I heard this one was like egregiously bad upon the first mix, which I don't know how you allow that in theaters, how there's not a test audience that says, what? Can't hear it. And also it is the longest animated film ever produced by an American studio. That's good to know. Little factoid. I'm for you yawning guys. just thinking about a two hour and 20 minute. Yeah, and, I, and Oscar Isaac as Spider-Man 2099. I wasn't even a huge fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt like he was different than what I, I read in the comics. I don't know. He was just like, I don't know. I, I, I just wasn't. I wanted to like him more. I just wasn't there. A lot of people were loving, loving the spider punk I, fell flat for me. I did think the Spider-Man like Indie was cool. Character, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought Spider-Man Indy was cool, played by uh, Pavitra Pravka. He was the Dopender in Deadpool. I thought his little yeah. part, I thought I that was cool. That would have been one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Yeah. was his little arc. Well, I mean, they had plenty of time for arcs two hours and 20 minutes. And, and, that's and, cool. that's and again, you don't long. see them until like an hour and something into the movie. So it's like all of them, Spider-Man is like the final act of the movie. So it's like they're not in there too long. So it's a lot of buildup, a lot of family stuff, a lot of back stuff. Very slow, I thought. First one, I don't Did know. Kelly go with you? Yeah, she fell asleep. Yeah, I was gonna say, what was her reaction? That's, yeah, she fell that's asleep. That's what I would have. She, imagined. she, she didn't like it. Anything else on Spider Man or um, the Flash before that, we move on? Go, go see them both in theaters. I, I still, you'll, you'll enjoy them. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> it's just funny. It's like, it's like this is wrong and this is wrong. Seven out of ten. Uh, what do you think of that Craven the Hunter trailer? Going to be a big part of Spider-Man 2, the game. Now we know he's getting his, well, we knew he was getting his own movie, but we got a pretty good look at it. Um, he bit off a, someone's, and he bit off a nose, and then he ran on the walls. Lions don't do that. It's It was very jarring. This trailer did not inspire confidence in me. Where, where, where? I, I I just don't understand Sony. I don't like you didn't learn fucking shit from Morbius. I'll drop an F bomb. It's crazy That's, today. You you, you are you've been going. You didn't learn nothing from Morbius. You guys really didn't. He gets lion blood in a <laughs> in a cut. Why does why does every dude like you didn't you buddy didn't learn need from blood the stupid shit their from powers. from yeah. She Hulk. Like in the comics, she got it from a blood transfusion, not from a blood falling in a stupid cut. Now, like in the comics, Craven the Hunter, he literally consumes a mystical serum to give him enhanced strength and slow the aging process down. Lion blood doesn't fall in his cut. That almost tiger blood. Like, that right, like I think that. that right there, Greg. I swear to you, I think that already killed the movie. I think that Yo, once that, that happened, you lost everybody. Any comic person, you lost. But that scene where he gets mauled by the buffest lion I have ever seen in my life. That dude looked like Johnny Bravo, that <laughs> lion, just taking him to town. And then all of a sudden he's laying there. Why was the lion bleeding? I mean, like, he didn't get hurt. And then he walks over him and a drop of blood conveniently falls right into it. Um, it's Great, super you weird. You Everybody watch. in these movies, it's a blood thing. Can we find a different yeah. way to get powers? It's so it's like so unoriginal mark and like my words. He literally it, it's gonna be a flop it's just gonna suck it is that we now one scene that one scene of blood falling in his cut i promise you just killed that movie i yeah. guarantee we're gonna get the same if not less than what morbius did 
Mark my words. Yeah, that they, they really don't know how to make a movie. Like Dude, Sony so, is so bad at, at this I, Marvel I, game. So like that and his lack of Russian accent, you're 0 for 2. So if the, some, he yeah, bit there off some a cool, nose, bro. He's 0 for 3. Bit off I mean, a nose. I mean, yeah, there might have been a few close hand-to-hand combat kills. like, But that's, that is Craven the Connor, hand-to-hand combat kills, yes. But then the other thing is, oh, like Rhino. Oh, we're actually going to get like a, a hopefully a cool good-looking looking. Rhino rather than a Paul Giamatti. So it's like I yeah. shouldn't be more excited to see Rhino now than I am. Like I'm hurting like out like Craven is one of my favorite villains for Spider-Man, and you just ruined him with that one drop of blood scene. Like I'm it still looks see like it I'm though, he'll be he'll and it looks like he'll be redeemed in Spider-Man Two the game. Like he looks very like very menacing there. Yeah, which. A Russian, or he has an accent. It's actually going to be probably based on what Craven the Hunter is, not whatever Sony is doing. Good luck. They better hope they can cut that scene and figure out a a, a quick minute reshoot to figure out a different way to consume a mystical serum. Blood is not the way to go in a cut, my friend. The Batman film, The Brave and the Bold, has found its director in Andy Muschietti, who did The Flash and It. And and I think that's a good choice. Like I said, I thought it, Flash might have been questionable in some parts, but Batman, I thought he was right on every time. So I, I think we're in good hands there. And Extraction 3 has been greenlit for Netflix. Yep. And if, if, if you saw Extraction 2, it literally just lays it up for a slam dunk for the third one. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see it. Sam Hargraves come back as a director. Chris Hemsworth coming back. So we'll, we'll get it in two years. Now, I think we're going to get through the episode just fine, but we have 23 minutes max remaining in our stupid it. Zencaster thing. I think we got it, but we're going to transition to television right now. And we, we do have Secret Invasion impressions. Spoiler free, The uh, only the series premiere is out right now. Um, you watched the whole thing. I tried. What'd you think? I thought it was slow. I thought the first episode was slow. Um, I, f- I felt like it's been a while since I've seen Sam Jackson as uh, Nick Fury. My man aged a little bit, but the, the, the base of this story is the conspiracy of a group of scrolls is trying to con- control earth by taking the identity of people in power. So now it's up to, Nick Fury and with the help of Talos to stop humanity, to stop it and save humanity. First, I just thought it was a little slow. Nothing really happens until the end episode. Sound familiar with Marvel? Um, it was f- 45 minutes, I think it was. I, I, I made thought it, it was, 20. Say it again? Yeah, you made it 20. You, you, you did I made good. it 20. You, you made more than I thought you were going to do. Um, so I'm saying, so there's six episodes. So one thing I didn't like, the director who directed every episode, Ali Sleem, he never read Secret Invasion. Marvel told and he not was told, to. Read. Well, he was told. Yeah, yeah, he was told not to. So that kind of hurts me a little bit. So he, he literally knows nothing about the comics. So whatever they have here is I nothing. See, I can see why. I can see the positives there. Yeah, of course. For something I get it. like this, for something like this, I don't think that that was a creative decision that I would have made personally. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, hey, I could be wrong. Maybe this series I'm looking at it right now, it's got a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, I mean, would I give this like 6-7? I, I think I'm at the 6-7 again. I mean, I hate to be, I feel like I'm becoming IGN. 
but yeah, but it, but it's, that's not bad. Six yeah. and seven is okay to good. Like it's not bad. Oh, it, it, dude, so and again, it, it's the one. It's only six episodes. I like Samuel Jackson. I like Amelia Clark. Um, ben Middleton, he he's pretty good. Who else we got in here? Don Cheadle, he was in the first episode, and he had Dermot Moroni, he was playing the president. So it's like you have a good, strong cast. So so far, it, the season is looking to be a little bit more darker than what we've gotten She-Hulk and, and Miss Marvel, stuff like that. So I feel like this show, I should like more than the others. But okay, so you, you know, you, you Nick Fury's been gone for years. Okay, may take one episode to get his foot in because he's basically like an old man and didn't do anything this episode. Like literally did nothing, just get captured and didn't fire a gun. But besides that, I, I mean, I'm in it. It's got to get better, right? If there's no way they can go down from here. Like we got the the mother of dragons in the show, so I'm I got to expect a, a a little good things here. I, I'm hoping Nick Fury can at least I disagree. try this. He said I'm still pissed. <laughs> the, a six episode series that doesn't have any room to be slow. Mm. Its premiere was slow. I think you're in for a rough landing. I think this is another Captain versus winter soldier or whatever that show was could be. I think that that or captain winters and the american soldier i don't even goddamn remember it was like two years three years ago um i really truly believe that this is going to be a bad not a bad but just a forgettable another forgettable marvel disney plus show i don't understand how if you only have six episodes this is the story you just started with i gave up after 19 and a half minutes <laughs> i will not go back i don't care as soon as I was like, oh, cool, we're going to play this game for six fucking episodes of who's a scroll and who's not. And they we can never trust them. And it's like everyone scrolls. So Yay. That's, that's going to be so many of the twists. It's like that's, well, it. that's, all, that's all they got. That's all they have is going to be. Oh, he was a scroll all along. Guess what? Oh, she was and a scroll, too. And it's going to it's going to devalue the entire product up until that time. Why am I going to waste my time? I'm not. I'm out. But. Let's see if this next thing can redeem us. We got a tw like two, two and a half minute clip of Twisted Metal coming in July to Peacock. This was Anthony Mackie's character, like John Doe or some shit. And Sweet Tooth in a casino fighting and talking. Uh, Will Arnett does the voice. Samoa Joe does the body work of Sweet Tooth. I wish it was just Samoa Joe always because Will Arnett is Will Arnett. But... Uh, we did get a first look. There were no cars involved in a Twisted Metal show, which is a great start. But what did you think of the Twisted Metal TV clip? Do you have faith in this show? Uh, it, it's not going to be what I have. The Twisted Metal in my brain. I don't think that's what we're getting. Um, no, we're barely. We're not getting much car combat. We are getting a show. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I, is, I think if I want Twisted Metal. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, if you if I want Twisted Metal, Death Race is probably the closer one, and it would. I, I actually like Death Race. Like, I, I think that is actually a really I like good the first movie. one. I like the first one, not the uh, other seven, but I like the first one. Yeah, with the other, yeah, but the other one weren't even Jason State. That was like a whole different cast, right? Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna watch it. It's Twisted Metal. I like that it um it didn't sound like Will Arnett like. Like Will Arnett, you could tell it is. You could tell yeah. it is, but it didn't have that same Will Arnett. He, he scaled it back a little it. bit, like that. You just oh, it wasn't so blatant. But it's yeah. gonna get you're gonna get your corny. <laughs> we're talking. We're, we're shitting all over a man's natural voice. That's so funny. I'm so sorry, Will Arnett, but you do have the same voice in it. Yeah. Um. I, I'm. I'm gonna watch it. It just. I'm. My Me expectations too. are very low. I mean, come on, guys. It's on Peacock. Let's Me let's too. be real. 
hey man, Peacock's got some good stuff. It's just this ain't going to be one of them. Yeah, this. Um, this I think that it. once once they made the direction to make this a dark comedy, I think you've lost the plot. Twisted yep. Metal, not a funny game. Twisted no. Metal, a dark game. Let's yes. let's dive into that. Let's make this not a horror franchise, but let's make this the action thriller that it very well could have been. And maybe you'd have been onto something. But as soon as Anthony Mackie was cast in a John Doe delivery guy type role, I knew that the emphasis was going to be they're going to go and try to make this um, as like a little bit more light and a yeah. little bit more comedic. And that's what they tried. And Sweet Tooth told jokes and it, they weren't funny. And like they're in the middle of the fight and Anthony Mackie does that like that tropey thing where they try to drop one liners in like the middle of a fight. It's like this shit don't happen in real life. Do you ever watch fight clips on Twitter? They don't talk like that. They just fight. I, I just I have a problem with that. But at the same time, we now know what Sweet Tooth looks like. I think he looks pretty good. Uh, I, I will hold judgment until we see the other characters of this franchise. But I do not have high hopes, um, as Harry Callis once said, for this product. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever watched, but I would have to imagine it will not land on my end of the year list. Just calling it now. Uh, let's see. Linda Hamilton is joining Stranger Things season five. So we're getting Sarah Connor in our Stranger Things. Uh, hey, they got they need a badass to kill the dragon or kill whatever is coming. So it makes sense to call her. Vecna is still around. He'll be oh, he, he, he'll be back. They so I don't help. know if they're they going to go with a dragon. Like her, yeah, her name is she is literally fucking Sarah Connor. Like that is her name. That's it. <laughs> she was in. Uh, Gears of War 5, she did a cameo. She was Sarah Connor. They brought what? in a Terminator character oh, wow. into that universe. Super weird. I was like, wow, she That's voiced. Funny. Oh, her name was Sarah Connor. Uh, One Piece, the Netflix live action, got a trailer. And I wish we had more than 15 minutes left in the show because I feel like we could spend all 15 minutes on this. I started watching the anime because of this trailer. I wanted to kind of familiarize myself with the world of One Piece and what to expect. And I got through like three episodes. It was fine. There's a lot to handle. I don't. This is not an anime I ever plan on finishing. It's a lot to it. But I I now can kind of go one to one with this trailer. Um, I don't get the hate that it is receiving. I think it's it looked okay. But again, I'm not a One Piece fan. That's not my world. So I can understand where the diehards come in and say this is not what I was expecting. But at the same time, it's a live action Netflix anime. What like. What were, what were you, you expecting? expecting? <laughs> did you not watch Cowboy Bebop? Did you like, you know, I think Kenshin did it right. Um, yeah, but Ken- Kenshin wasn't on Netflix. So that that was done right. by, you know, it then came on Netflix. So you can't even compare the two. How dare you? Fair, fair. And Yu Yu is actually a Japanese product that we're getting probably subbed, maybe a dub here in the States, but it's not made for the United States audience. It's made for a Japanese audience. So who knows if that's going to be a good comparison. But the trailer wasn't as bad as I think other people make it out to be. And I think it was okay looking. What about you, though? Um, what did you think? Now, like you, i never seen one episode of the anime. And I'm not going to because it's over I've 500 three. episodes. I'm three ahead of you. Yeah, and, and you're always going to be ahead of me because it's over 500 <laughs> episodes and it's still counting. And I'm done. I'm, I'll never do it. But the live action looked a lot better than whatever the hell I was going to expect. Yeah, um, we're going to watch it. I think both of us are. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna watch it. I mean, I don't. I'm not really. Why not? So, so know? what's he, Mister Fantastic? He can just stretch. Like that's his power. That was a little weird. That was a little weird. I don't know that. Like I, that I was, do. I, I think that he is has rubber. 
he like controls rubber or makes like he, he has rubber powers. yeah so, so it's yeah, like i'm not yeah so like that that's the main guy so i'm really like so he's like my least favorite out of that whole trailer they showed he's my least favorite character he does look a little dorky too. He's kind of yeah. like, "Oh, I'm a pirate." No, you're not, dude. You're not a pirate. You swab the deck on a bad day. Give me yeah, a. Hey, you're you you're the mo- you go go mop the fucking. What, I don't swab even the, know that swab the starboard. <laughs> starboard side. I don't even know. But I mean, I'll, I'll give it a chance. I'll give it a chance. Yeah, me too. I mean, what can it hurt? If I don't like it after one episode, I'll give up after 19 and a half minutes. I have a track record. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is officially coming in 2024 to Netflix. And we got like a small teaser, but then we got some character screenshots and they look a lot better than the movie. Yes. And they look and they look pretty true to form. I can probably I saw the the movie. It was like the live action movie. The first one. It sucked. It was bad. It was bad. This is already better. I can just tell. I can feel it. It it. There's too much love and care that went into this show for it to fail. The movie, I, I don't know what M. Night Shyamalan did, but I, I don't think he was a true fan. I, I never, I didn't finish the, the, the animated cartoon, but I did watch a few episodes. Like, it is actually a good show. So hopefully Netflix can do this show justice because it needs it. They need it because they have been doing great. They really need to pick this one up. We did not get any new, uh, news on Yu Yu Hakusho, the live action there. I'm really disappointed. Yes. Apparently, it's coming in December, and we still have not seen a single frame of footage outside of a couple posters with the characters on them. So I definitely would love to see more. Actually, would love to see anything, and I'm eagerly anticipating when we finally do. But our last story in TV, Netflix announces Three Body Problem coming January 2024. This is immediately on my watch list. However... It's begrudgingly immediately on my watch list because this is an adaptation from a novel and it is from D.B. Weiss and David Benioff. If you haven't heard those names in a while, they're the Game of Thrones guys. Uh, we know they they left their Game of Thrones deal for a Star Wars deal. Then they left their Star Wars deal before they made anything for a big Netflix deal. And that's where they're at. And this is their first project since signing that deal. And of course, it's based off a novel because that's what these guys do. They take other people's IP and they profit off them until they reach a point where they have to be original. And then the show slowly dies a painful death. So I am all in on three body problem and will stop watching the second they are passed. I think it's three books. I'm not sure. But the second they run out of book material is where I draw the line. If you haven't heard about three body problem, it's a really, really cool premise. I don't want to spoil too much. Go watch the trailer. Pete Peppers, our friend of the show, does a trailer breakdown as well. So if you're looking for more context, but it's uh, scientists from around the world. And the, it's 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 a pretty neat premise. I would check it out if you have not already. Three, the number three, body problem. Um, really quick, we have 10 minutes left in the show. We will be just fine in terms of timing here. Um, rest in peace to John Ramita Sr. Pretty big uh figure in comics. I told Mike Cassini I would add this to the rundown. So Mike, if you're still listening, this one's for you. Sam, do you give us any background on who this was? I mean, number one, he lived, he was 93 years old. I mean, he lived a complete full life. He was American comic book artist. He mainly known for the the amazing Spider-Man also for co-creating characters like Mary Jane Watson, the Punisher, Wolverine, Luke Cage. I mean, goes on and on he started for a ghost artist in timely comics then he kind of came up with daredevil spider-man he's in the will eiser comic book hall of fame 
it, it, true. This guy was a legend through and through. His son, John Romita Jr., he was also a, a great artist himself. But truly, you know, the comic uh, world, we lost another one of the greats. Um, rest in peace, John Romita Sr. And uh, our last story, we have a couple minutes to tell it. Uh, we did see Blink-182 a couple weeks ago out in Hershey, Pennsylvania at Hershey Stadium, which is conveniently located in the middle of Hershey Park, making it the most inconvenient place to hold a concert that was sold out. It was arguably the worst venue experience of my entire life, but the show was sure was surely pretty damn great. I mean, for, I'll, first I'll, I'll talk about the show. I mean, they played 25 songs. I mean, it was worth every, every cent. Yeah, um, every song you wanted to hear, anthem, rock show, feeling this up. Didn't all give night. a shit about Turnstile though. Didn't give and, a I, shit. I, I, you know me with opening bands. I, I'm not a big opening bands guy, but if you want to hear Blink song, I guarantee. Like you just type in Blink One Eight Two Hershey set list, twenty five songs. We stayed till every single song. It was an absolute blast. Like I, it was my second time seeing Blink, um, the original Blink to my, you know, my second time. But the after, like you said, there was a disaster. Like if you drove there, you were fine. You were good. You could walk to your car. Good. But we 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 stayed. At yeah, but we. But like, you were gonna sit there for hours. You were gonna sit there for a long time. You, Those yeah, parking lots barely. Moved. I mean, this was probably like my fourth or fifth show at Hershey. Usually, if you're in the car, usually I would always like to leave that as they're doing their encore just to get that head start. But you 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 probably sat there for at least forty five minutes at least to get out of there. But we we had an Uber issue. Everyone's trying to get Uber. Where we basically sat on an island for like an hour until in the middle uh, of a highway. We sat died. in the middle of a highway. I think his name was Door, wasn't it? Just Door. Door. I, I swear his name was Door, and I was like, Door. I was like, when you put your head down tonight, I want you to know that you saved six people's lives. And he dropped us off right at the door, and it, 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 it was just, my. It, it was interesting. Yeah. It was my Uber that finally connected and got us there, and I'm almost positive he only gave us four stars as, as passengers because I think my weight, my rating went down from a four nine to a four seven five. So we That's gave him a, a forty dollar tip, a forty dollar cash tip, and I gave him five stars. And I'm almost positive he said, "Nah, you guys were in a three minute car ride. Uh, you guys were." And he was laughing with us the entire time. So like to hear that is kind of shocking. I can't, I can't, maybe he didn't give me a rating at all. And maybe that affects it. I'm not sure how the passenger rating goes, um, but that does affect my, I do have to travel a lot for work now and I use the same Uber account. So I kind of would like a good passenger rating because yeah, I kind of need it. Um, but like the whole thing was you're out in Hershey on a Saturday night where the Hershey's not a super populated area. It's Memorial day weekend. So not a ton of people are around from an Uber driver perspective no. and everybody is looking for an Uber. So we couldn't even connect to the app. Our internet wasn't working because so many people were trying to get onto it. And, uh, and at the same time, we're trying to get the same cars as everybody else. So we walked from the exit of the venue around the perimeter of Hershey park around giant stadium miles and miles. We're walking. It's one in the morning. And we finally, while sitting on the side of a highway, a literal 70 mile an hour highway on the little Island where when you're turning right, there's a two by two piece of cement. The six of us are sitting on it. Uh, again, at almost two in the morning, one in the morning, whatever it was, we finally get the Uber back. Thank goodness. It went through. Door saved us. We waited for 25 minutes for him, by the way. 
um, after waiting two hours to try to get a ride in mm-hmm. the first place. I was so fed up and stressed out from that experience that at one thirty in the morning or two in the morning, I drove home. Uh, me and John Mayo got back to my house. We stopped at Wawa, grabbed some meatball sandwiches. 3.45 in the morning, we get back to my house. We eat them. We're both asleep. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I got to bed around 4 o'clock that day. God, God bless you for leaving. Because I think once you left, me and Kelly split our sandwiches. We ate and passed out. And I can honestly say uh, that Chocolate Inn's bed, one of the comfiest bed hotels I've ever slept on, hands down. Nice. I'm Seriously, glad you like, got some I, use out of it. I was so shocked. Like I almost went up to the front. And the breakfast in the morning, not bad. Coffee, surprisingly good. I, I was a little bit surprised by the, the chocolates uh, combination. Well, I'm glad that the hotel was worth it. And it was only like five minutes from the venue. So the Chocolate Inn on Chocolate Ave, definitely recommend if you're in the Hershey area. But my God, I do not recommend when you go to a show there, getting a ride share. Drive yourself if you're looking to get out on time. Um, but that'll do it. That is our episode, um, our June 2023 episode. Oh, no, by the way, Blink, like Sam said, was incredible. The best set list I've ever heard from them, and I've seen them quite a few times. So, And the original lineup, our last time ever. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, so that was it, June 2023. We'll be back next month. Don't know what we're going to talk about uh, just yet, but I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have Figure some fun out. with it. Thanks for, hang- yeah, thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. We'll see you next month for our July 2023 episode.